Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 73, part 2 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm still your host, second technician, Fozzer Forrester, and still joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this particular episode, our Head of Station Entertainment, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Good evening. Uh, Chief of Operations, Mr. John Stabler. Still here. <laughs> Head of Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Moss-Woodward. Hang on, I've got some socks to hang up. <laughs> who's currently hanging out his washing because that's just the sort of multitasking kind of guy he is and uh, stepping in for Lisa Vu who's had to go and take a lie down with some more painkillers it is none other than Mr Colin Ford, Head of Station Archives Good evening everybody Good evening, I should probably just point out at this point that uh, Colin is going to have to use his top shift voice his very low evening drive time radio voice because... At the moment, the family have gone to bed very early because we're flying in approximately four hours. And where are you flying to? You know what? I have no idea. (laughs) At this moment in time, I know we're going on holiday. I think that's about it. Okay. Which airport are you heading to? Oh, well, Manchester, of course. Do you know what country you're flying to? Uh... (laughs) Do you know what continent you're flying to? Oh, Europe somewhere. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'm sure it's going to be lovely. When I go around and ask people what they've been up to this week, if you want to maybe find out where you're going, just so, you know, just for some local interest, that might not be a bad shout. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, what we're going to do for this particular episode, obviously it's part two of episode 73. Uh, those people that are just picking this up and wondering why we're talking about part two, part one, we covered the fantastic news about planetary landing that has just been announced by uh, Frontier Development. So if you're interested in planetary landing and the new update called... Elite Dangerous Horizons, then check out part one of this particular episode. Part two, we're going to do what we normally do every weekend. We're going to go through some of the dev news. We're going to talk a little bit about the other main topic, and that is CQC, and talk a little bit about the fiction in game, and a little bit of the other stuff that's been going on this week. But before we dive into any of that, let's go around the team and find out what they've been up to. So, Mr. Stabler, let's go to you. What have I been doing? I haven't been doing a lot, to be honest, apart from playing tons of Chaos Reborn. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, luckily it's it's got very low bandwidth requirements, so it's one of the few games I can play. Luckily, the good news is that in two weeks' time, I will have super fast fibre back again. Um, so yeah, that's excellent news for me and for my wife Amy, who has really been missing Netflix since we moved into this new house. And also, it's good news for anybody who's vaguely interested in Wire Wars because I will be able to complete the testing, and we might actually get an alpha of that in uh, a couple of months because I, I went through the bug list today. Um, and it's surprisingly small, so I've got no excuses but to, you know, just spend the five or six hours it's going to take to get them fixed and get it tested and then actually get it released. So that's what I got to look forward to anyway. That's great news, mate. So what exactly was the situation? You bought this house, you were told it was going to have fibre, and then when you checked your particular cabinet, BT said, uh uh-uh. Yeah, so what it is, is if um, obviously before I moved into the house, I didn't know what the phone number was. That's not something they usually share with you, um, although I suppose we could have asked, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, but we put the postcode in, and it said, yep, you're in a super broad, fast broadband area. You'll be able to get Infinity with BT. So we're like, oh, brilliant, because that's what we had at the old house. Uh, we moved in, and then when we went to order it, they said, yes, you're in a super fast area, but unfortunately, there's no space in the cabinet for more connections. <laughs> So 
we've basically been living off we, I got a temporary like rolling monthly contract with EE so we could have like Wi-Fi like mobile broadband but that's been expensive as hell it's cost me a fortune so I'm glad now that they've turned around and said have um you know you can now have it in a couple of weeks so uh so what was that was that a 4G dongle that you were connecting through yeah and the speed on it to be fair was was really good I mean it was it wasn't quite 34 megabit or whatever it is that you get with infinity but it was good enough to you know I could watch HD content and you know have Skype at the same time and you know I had no complaints from Amy about hogging bandwidth so it was pretty good it was just because I was limited to the amount of uh, gigabytes I could have per month um, and if I ran out I had to buy more so it was just hideously expensive Okay, well it's great news that you're finally going to come back to the world of super fast broadband mate uh, when I moved out into the countryside I only had one meg so I can, I can feel your pain I really can <laughs> Grant, what have you been up to? Saying Susie is um, currently listening to playing King's Quest, Chapter One, and she's gone down a little um, well, and it's apparently a little bit scary for her. She doesn't, you know, she gets freaked out with zombies in Minecraft. So, you know. so. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a busy week. I've been making CDs up of our pink custard music. So we're going to try and give some of those away, whether people want them or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, and again. I can't think. There's tons of stuff I've been up to, and it's just all disappeared. No, well, okay. Well, tell, tell you what. Take us back. Obviously, I said on the uh, the last part of the show that uh, our super fans, Trevor and Simon, uh, have recorded us a new uh, intro, a new theme to Lave Radio. That's not quite accurate, is it, Grant? Well, no. It was it was a reward for backing <laughs> Strangeness in Space. There upcoming and just recently released on Saturday their their science fiction podcast which came out on the 1st of August free to listen to is on iTunes and is on their website strangenessinspace.com and as a reward they they offered um, to record as their band is called Pink Custard and they offered to record a song and I thought the best best use of that would be the likes of Live Radio. I thought we deserved to have a, a nice Trevor and Simon song. And you know what? I got that just over a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm amazed that you haven't popped uh, before actually getting that to play live on the show. It hit, it hit my inbox, and I didn't even know what it was. And when I clicked on it and it started playing, I was like, oh my goodness! I talk about a squee moment, planetary what? I have no <laughs> But you know, it was it was awesome, and I think they did it in uh, a brilliant way. And I was very, very happy and very chuffed with that, indeed. So, I how much you- did you give them? <laughs> in terms of, I don't mean in terms of money. I mean in terms of like, there was quite a lot of detail about the show in the song. Is that all stuff that you fed them? Um, to be honest, probably. I can't remember quite how much detail I went into. I don't remember telling them to call Chris Scum though. So. <laughs> to be honest, it, it is Gump, but I'm not quite sure whether that's any worse or not. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I gave them the sort of rundown of the radio and gave them as much details as I could come up with. And, um, yeah, they did, they did really well. Cool. Okay, Mr Jarvis, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm kind of with John. I've been playing a lot of Chaos. Um I've been working on some scripts and some ideas for the next project, which we'll just call it the next project for now. Um, 
And what else have I been doing? I've been looking after my daughter. <laughs> my wife is sort of back at work with her hobbly leg. Um, so I'm back on kind of childcare duties and uh, I did the um, uh, comedy podcast and then she said a funny thing, which uh, I don't know when it will be released, um, but it is genuinely very funny. Um, and when that's out, everyone should go and listen to it because it's, yeah, it's really good. Okay, so before we start getting letters uh, written in, uh, the next project isn't Escape Velocity Season 3, yes or no? No. Right, okay, so before anybody writes in saying, that's fantastic, when are we going to get it, it's not Escape Velocity Season 3. No, oh. if, you, if, you, if you want to write to anyone about that, write to Frontier. Um, <laughs> there really is, it really is completely out of my hands at the moment. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like it to happen, but as for the when, who knows. Okay, and on that downer, let's talk to Sorry. Colin. <laughs> what have oh, you thanks. been up to, buddy? <laughs> on the downer, let's talk to Colin. Thank you very much. Um, oh, it's Portugal, by the way. We're going to Portugal. Excellent. <laughs> well, in-game, I've finally joined the Python Owners Club, uh, so I've managed to sell all the little ships that I had and found out I could just scrape a python. <laughs> that sounds so bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now flying about in a much better ship than the Type 7. Uh, it's kind of invigorated my enthusiasm for the game a bit more now. Uh, outside the game, um, it does seem that my fiction project, which Jim will work on, is now over 55,000 words. Wow. I'm hoping to break the back of that over the holiday, so maybe another 20,000 added to it. So, still got a target of 120,000. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> And finally, I've, I've worked out the new rules for the uh, Elite Miniatures project, which I was working on, which we, we showed at Elite Meet. Yeah. I'm hoping to have a much better of that ready for Fantasticon, with maybe a 16-player tournament in progress. Awesome. So, so that, that's what I'm planning on. Well, that's what uh, I've almost got it sorted. I think it's now a case of designing new cards, and uh, Mike Snoz has... Uh, Mike Snoswell has, has volunteered to help out with some of the models. Uh, if you saw his, uh, his fun, absolutely fantastic uh, Elite Monopoly, well, yeah. something hopefully like that. Cool, awesome. Okay, Ben, I think you're going to steal my thunder, but I'll let you go first anyway. What have you been up to? I'm trying to think what thing, what thunder I'll be stealing. Right, well, I've, I've actually had a, I've had a busy week this week because I've done, in Grand Theft Auto, I kind of have been an anti-naughty person, I guess you could say, because I was just getting fed up of PC hackers, and they're just, you're basically going around dumping toilets or UFOs on people's heads, and I thought, well, okay, they want to add it, I want to take it away. So I've, I've, I've done the things needed to allow me to take off their people's toilets. Okay, you do uh, realise when you're saying this how silly you sound, don't you? I, it's Grand Theft Auto, it is meant to be silly. So you are now at the the toilet removal expert in Grand Theft Auto. I am a toilet removal expert in Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Can um, we change him to the la- to the lead station plumber? <laughs> um, I also over the weekend I was helping out Commander Van doing the uh, Hutton Orbital testing service. I suppose we could say where we had loads of fun basically dumping canisters and firing off limpets and collecting them again and basically finding out that limpets are bug too high heavens 
Um, but we managed to get some bug reports into Frontier to hopefully get that all fixed up. In, in what sense? I mean, obviously, uh, what way are the limpets not working? So the limpets are basically... We're getting 70-80% failure rates on limpets in a Type 6. So, you know, if you're, you're basically... You're sitting there in your Type 6. You send out a limpet to go and collect some stuff. It collects stuff, it flies back to you, and then it goes boom. Which doesn't help very much. It just blows up. It just blows up, which is kind of crap. <laughs> um, and a six, you know, the the failure rate was just atrocious. Um, you know, I can understand if we were flying around doing combat maneuvers or something like that, but we weren't. We we're just fl- sitting still, and right. they were just going boom. Uh, the Python was significantly better than that, but still pretty pants. Um. It's basically, you open your cargo hatch, and they're meant to fly straight up into it, but instead of flying straight up into it, because your cargo hatch doesn't open 90 degrees, it sort of opens about 45 degrees or something like that, they fly up into it and clip the edge of your hatch and go bang, which is kind of broken. Okay, fine. So, explain what it was you were actually doing when you were testing these limpets out. Right, so Dave's got this excellent idea of cooperative play for Hutton Orbital for the the mug um, the mug uh, community goal that we we are kind of well, I'm kind of involved in, and that he basically is talking about because Hutton is a outpost, and obviously the Type Nines and Anacondas and large ships can't get there, so basically you might wing up with say one Anaconda or two Anacondas and a bunch of Asps or Pythons or smaller ships. And then the Anaconda or the Type 9 would dump some of its cargo. And then the smaller ships would collect and scoop up the cargo, take it in, and then put it back over and take it in and dock it on the station. Excellent. So this is obviously for the um, community goal of making a, uh, a Hutton mug and bringing scrap metal into the... Okay. Precisely. So do we think that Frontier are going to be able to fix this bug in time for the community goal when it goes live? Well, Dave has said that they're happy. He's happy for the community goal to be delayed to allow Frontier to allow this kind of cooperative gameplay to work and be a plan, as opposed to just be having to be in a Python or something like that and not being able to work together. Grant. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think I was um, working with Dave on Aye. the Sunday morning, and we I was in the Anaconda, and we noticed that in the Anaconda, it seemed to be that all my drones gave me the full life. You know, I would get eight, nine, ten, easy from one drone, and he was getting one. And when we were watching mm. the video replay, you can see it colliding with the cargo door. But obviously, when you fire out a drone, the door splits open. And it comes straight mm-hmm. out, and I'm wondering whether or not the mechanism for it returning should be similar again. It radios your ship, and it opens the door like that, and it goes straight in. That would make a lot more sense and solve that problem. But it was, um, yeah, I think if they can't fix it in time, it's not a big problem. I mean, one of the things we've also researched was I flew, the, I flew my Anaconda to Hutton Orbital to see if it had any drones. Of course, you can't park. You just yeah, so I, I met a commander who was there and he checked for me. <laughs> so they don't sell drones, which kind of means that you're getting into the neighbourhood of having a ship flying, carrying whatever the commodity is, 
and another ship flying carrying drones and at that point it's a bit pointless we might as well do massive fleets of T6s full of scrap and, and you know protection ships Cause they, yeah. or maybe Hutton will get some rearmament apparently well, yeah, I know, I know that um, Dave was quite keen on the idea of them maybe either adding drones and munitions to Hutton for the duration of that, or creating one of those large ships that are just outside the station in Supercruise, you know, where you can drop into and you would drop off your the particular valuable cargoes that they're looking for, but they would maybe offer a kind of decent rate on drones, and that would be awesome. So I think, you know, I think Dave has done an awful lot of work and groundbreaking sort of thinking and has gone to Frontier uh, with all the options and different suggestions that he thinks wouldn't break the game or create any unfairness but would actually really increase the enjoyment of being part of this community goal and I think that's a, a, a very good example for people in the forum to look at if there is an element of gameplay that you are not enjoying for whatever reason but you can put your finger on what could improve it then do the homework, do this kind of level of work, videotape what your problem is, show it, and then offer up the solutions in a more positive way. I don't think Dave could have been any more positive than that. And if we can get, as at the end result, a community goal that's not only fun, but almost historic in the level of... <laughs> involvement in people you know we've got a big team of guys desperate to get stuck in and we've got people who are going to be flying these big ships full of whatever i'm saying i keep saying scrap but we don't know for certain that it will be but you can imagine how that's going to look on video when you have this large ship appearing and then all these small ships come out and the drones are awesome to watch and to see this ship dumping loads of these um canisters and multiple ships firing drones out, just going zip, 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 zip. It's just going to look amazing. And definitely, definitely, we've got the organisation in to take care of it. And, of course, in true inevitable community projects, there's more to come that we can't quite talk about yet, but there's even more reasons for people to get involved. Absolutely. So keep reading the forum, and if you see Hutton Mug posts, get in and get involved. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, what we'll do is we're going to go to a quick uh, advert break, and then after that we're going to come straight back and talk a little bit about some of the dev news that we've had this week. Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell & McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. Got so desperate that I'd almost resign myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! <laughs> 
Carolyn McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning, balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo or the issuing of a death warrant. Okay, and so we're back. Uh, I did say before we went to the break that we were going to talk a little bit about some of the dev news, but actually we've had a little bit of a chat, and we're going to take pity on Colin. Colin's only really here to talk about the CQC aspect, so rather than keep him to the end of the show, considering he's got to be up in four hours to catch a flight, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the main topic of the show, which is going to be CQC, and just sort of uh, give him a chance to to leave the show early. Don't say we don't give you anything, Colin. Um, Okay, so (laughs) for the Xbox One, I believe we only have yourself and Grant at the moment who have actually played CQC on the Xbox One. Why don't you give um, you know the PC players out there that are listening some sort of idea of what the game's like, uh, what it looks like, what it's like to play, what's fun, what's not so fun, and uh, yeah, just give us a bit of a flavour about what CQC is like and what we can expect when it comes to the PC. Right. Well, the the, the easiest and quickest way to describe this would be like um, Alpha for those of you who joined us, Alpha Two on steroids uh, and on Onion Head at the same time. The, 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 I must admit, the, um, the deathmatch uh, um, PvP factor is very, very tightly balanced and it looks gorgeous. And uh, I had an absolute whale of the time last night playing this damn thing. And I know that I'm, I'm just going. If I'm not careful, I'm going to end up wasting all my time on this, and not going off uh, and exploring the place. So why is it so addictive? Because um, I think they've got the the combat balance right. Um, I mean, I used to be a big fan of uh, the X-wing versus Tie Fighter. Uh, you know, the PvP in that, and uh, I love the multiplayer I War Two version. And they've they've taken, I think, the best uh, of both of those player environments and merge them both and come up with something which um, I think everybody in Live Radio will, will probably be used to the kind of the, the fun that we had in Retro War in Live, uh, Retro Live but I think they've, they've taken it up to a new level uh, My question was I mean, do you already have like a favourite arena or anything like that? Well at the moment there's only two um and I think I got the same one each time, which was basically the, what seemed to be a, an asteroid mining uh, zone, if you like. Uh, and uh, that was mostly pa- capture the flag. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping for team uh, deathmatch, but it never seemed to it never seemed to to pop. I was always capture the flag. But I must admit, it it was very intense, and they are definitely right about when you fly through the superstructure, unlike flying into the superstructure, a la um, <laughs> Grant, um, that you you really feel the sound effects and you really get that return, the Jedi Star Wars vibe of flying through trenches and, and heading towards reactors. It's, um, <laughs> it's very intense and thankfully it's very quick. Most matches last about 15 minutes at the very most, uh, but... Uh, for most of that time, uh, it's full on. You don't get a break. You, there's no time to to relax. You've got to keep on. I, I disagree. Uh, I think there's loads you of disagree. time. Yeah, there's loads of time to relax, but that's usually because I'm <laughs> dead most of it. Well, yeah, there is that. You get about three or four seconds to catch your breath, going bugger, got me again. <laughs> but um, 
the one thing that I really um, did enjoy was, well, it took me a couple of games to get this, and I had to ask Grant, because I was trying to shoot other people down without actually looking onto the commanders. I was trying to fire completely fixed, and there's a little bit of gimbal play for each of the ships that allows you, allows you to track the enemy, and to, to be honest, without that, I couldn't hit Toffee. Um... I think I've got a little bit of an advantage because my X55 broke up. I'm now used to the Xbox controller, which um, gave me a bit of a, an advantage or a leg up in the second or third matches, which once I'd worked out how to lock onto other ships, uh, it, was, it was great fun. But then <laughs> the one problem that we did have was there was a lot of... Um, well, it is a preview program, so a lot of bugs and a lot of connection issues ki uh, kicked in. And uh, that robbed me of a couple of really prime number one spots, and that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay, so you talk about a few bugs. What's the current edition of the game actually like running on the Xbox One? Well, obviously, it's obviously a, a preview uh, edition, so we're not expecting it to be perfect, but how does it run? Is it particular parts of the day where it's better or worse like it was with the original lead? Um, I would say it's very similar to how it was with Alpha 2 at the moment. You've got um, there's, there's rubber banding uh, going on occasionally. Uh, but apart from that, it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, I think there's just been a couple of rubber banding issues and, uh, let's see, yeah, the, the, the matchmaking server seems to be not 100% there yet, so the game will just stop and drop. Uh, and getting into other games can take a bit of a while. And I think that the last major bug is that you're not progressing. Uh, at the moment, I think I played about five or six matches last night, and I wasn't able to retain my progress. I kept on resetting to level zero. Well, you start you start at level one, don't you, or rank one, and work your way up. I think I, I totally agree with the matchmaking. It's kind of like back to the original Alpha. I think probably Alpha three when they brought in comms, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. and, and it seems to be that the comms system in the Xbox version is as as buggy as that. I just couldn't get it to do it. It would just time out constantly, and um, trying to take advantage of making a wing doesn't seem very. Oh, sorry, I wouldn't say a wing, but the communication side of things and sending messages is awfully futtery on the Xbox controller. And oh God, it's awful. Dead keen <laughs> on on in, on and getting a squad going because that looks like tons of great fun. You know, you, you know, if I could get you on a squad, I've got a chance of possibly being on a winning team again and <laughs> <laughs> bringing your average down. But oh, I thanks a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. From the early sort of onset of the game and, and getting in, one, the matchmaking is slow. It's, mm. it's painfully slow. And tonight I was trying to twitch the CQC and I managed to get into a grand total of no matches at all. Once you're in, it's fine. Oh. It's, it's kind of like Port Zalada when, you know, once you got into Port Zalada, you were fine, but you would sit with that spinning sidewinder. It's kind of like that. You just never get a match so there's still some work to be done on that beta that's for sure uh, but yeah great fun it's so much fun and it looks to me I don't know if you agree with this but the tactic seems to be to stay in your group because four on one 
gets rid of that one extremely quickly. So four on four when you all target the same target <laughs> is a winning tactic so far. Yeah, well, I will say one thing about the Condor because that's the starting ship. Girl, once the shields go, you pop quicker than a TIE fighter. You <laughs> really do. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even know it's you're being shot. <laughs> you just you know you're like going right. There's something I can shoot at. Right, target it. Boom! What the heck? I was I was flying there, and, and it gets to that point where you really do. Um, I I had a comment from my wife from behind me saying, "Right, that's the last time you play in that game. That's more sweary than Grand Theft Auto." <laughs> and I had to admit uh, it, yes. it wasn't the game. It was me. <laughs> no, it was it, uh, definitely. It's when I think one of the funniest things I had was the uh, <laughs> I had the flag with me, and I went straight through one of the um, uh, one of the corridors. And of course, I didn't know we had bloody uh, um, obstacles in the way. And there's me. I, go, I do a straight on Fozzer straight into the, uh, an asteroid field uh, into a blockage thing, and that that was it. I thought, oh bloody hell but you don't expect these things to happen and that was great about it there's a, there's a couple of questions coming in there's is there one versus one in CQC not really the match kind of aims to fill the slot so it generally is four versus four uh, at the current mm. minute and actually to be honest that's busy enough I think if they had even eight versus eight it would be absolute pandemonium so I Hobby think mental it would be great, it'd be great fun to do. And Vingeton is uh, Vingeton or Vingeton? Vingeton, we'll call him. And Could be Sphincterton. <laughs> I don't think it is. Sphincterton. No, that's not nice. How like <laughs> the PC gameplay and combat is it like? I don't know, what is it like? It is actually. It's yeah, comparable. It's 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 the exact same flight engine. There's nothing different, other than the the okay. We'll call you Vin. Other than the kind of speed and the shields of the ship mean, and the size of the ship means that you can do some really funky manoeuvring in amongst the structures. Although often it resulted, you know, those dis- the, the explodable content inside the tunnels, and you can shoot yeah. these wonderful bits. I did that, and there was a teensy little rag of metal sticking up that was left and that hit me (laughs) (laughs) took my shields away and I swore like a trooper Um, but yeah it feels well to be honest it's difficult to kind of quantify it with relation to the PC the Xbox controller does add an element of difficulty that you can't really compare to a Hotas or the kind of controls that we're used to in the PC and I think I, I can't wait to see it on the PC because I think I'll enjoy it more with the way that a HOTA system makes you feel like you're totally in control. Yet- no, trust me, you will not feel in control. <laughs> there is no way you will feel in control. It was so mental. All of a sudden you were there thinking, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing, pop. Yes. That was it. I'm on, a, I'm on a six, I'm on a six. Who's on my six? Oh, there's three of them on my six. Ah, boom. And another question there is what weapons you have. Well, perhaps there should by now be some decent uh, streams of CQC up, and what you'll see is that your selection of ship is based on your rank. So rank mm. one has the base ship with, I think it's a pulse laser. And yeah, pulse lasers. Yeah, then you can pick up the power-ups during the game. I think missiles, I was taken out by a missile once. Um, you can pick these up in-game and use them in-game for that round. And then when it goes back to the beginning, you're back to your basic. Or if you get destroyed, you're back to your basic ship and off you mm-hmm. go around flying around. And 
obviously with the ranking uh, progression not working, it's difficult to comment on the other ships because nobody can get into them yet. No, I must admit, you sort of look down the further ships and you think, hang on a second, the, the hardest ships are sidewinded? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying, boo, don't like this ranking crap. Give me, the, let me pick, yeah, sure, pick my ship, fair enough, but give me a level playing field, don't make me have to spend six months earning a sidewinder. Oh, it's quicker than that. that. You get an XP. Well, you don't know if it's quicker than that. You get you XP haven't ranked for, up yet. You know, you get XP for playing the game. So even if you're getting your backside handed to you to the extent that I was last night, you're still gaining XP. Even by shooting and hitting the odd target, you're getting the assist points. Uh, and frankly, if it wasn't for assist points, I wouldn't have any points. I was under the impression that they're going to kind of ban the ranks so that if you if you play, you're only going to be playing with uh, ranks which are too above or too below where you are. And did, did anybody else hear that, or did, am I just making things up in my head? Well, <laughs> no, I think I think you know that would make sense to stop what you would call the noob killing. But all you've got to try and do is wait the exp again, much the same as in the main game. So if you're targeting a rank one and you're a rank 4, that should really give you, neg- you know, almost, that should take XP off you. <laughs> yeah. But if it's, you know, we're wanting an eSports out of this, we're wanting a level playing field, ranks are the opposite of a level playing field. No, ranks will give you the ability to choose your ship. You no, they don't. They, that- ranks give you the ability to say, I've played for six months, so screw you, new guy. You can't mm. have the better ship that I've got. That's what ranks well, give you. No, no. You can if you are deciding to work with with other people and say, right, okay, we're limiting this to a particular type of ship. That's not a problem. As, as long as but it's not a level playing field. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree field. with I'm going to have to agree with Ben on this one. Ultimately, that what what you're basically doing is until you've unlocked the same ship as the people who've been playing for six months, you're playing effectively a gimped version of the game. You're not playing the full game, are you? And so what you're doing is you're just basically chucking a bunch of noobs together and then saying, you know, it's, I think it's misleading as to what the game's really about. If you don't have access to, like, uh, I haven't played it, so, but for instance, if you don't have access to the beam laser, you know... No one's got access to the beam laser. <laughs> or, well, the better weapons, you know. It's, it's not teaching you, ultimately, the right thing. And it's not a proper contest, really. I mean between, you know, there's there's no you know, what, what about natural talent you know, there might be somebody who'd be really good at combat, but they're going to have to spend X number of days, weeks, months or whatever before they're actually competitive so, I don't, I don't there think is one thing that they have said so I, I, I just don't see, I, I wouldn't call it a competitive game until they remove these artificial restrictions, and what are the restrictions for ultimately, I bet nobody can actually tell you, so that, that it does we've, disappoint we've, me we've played it for one Two, th- well, one night, and already we're getting uh, the sort of the, they haven't even come out with the, f- the full release yet. I thought the pre the whole point was or the preview was to actually find out what these holes were and working up from there. Well, yes, right. but there's the fundamental the thing that I'm against of this ranking. But power play was the same. Power play, we talked about the fact that you know the having to do the same task to get the same level of reward every week was 
wasn't going to work and that the, the way that it did its rankings that only the top 10% could ever be at level 5 and all that changed between the beta testing of it and the release so it's about us identifying this and the thing we can't really comment on is what the significance is of getting the next ship up so if you manage to get your points and that's what it really is as a ranking point is is to get you up to level 2 or whatever and then you can pick a different ship whether or not these ships are weighted in such a way that they suit a particular arena or they suit a particular flying style. So, I mean, the pulse laser might suit people down to the ground. At the moment, it's a complete level playing field because nobody can get out off that level of rank. Off level one, no. So it's difficult at this current from point what I to remember, see, It's difficult to see whether or not these actual ship loadouts aren't... Balanced. Balanced to a different rate. So, you know, oh, great, that's got a much stronger weapon, but it flies like a flipping pig. And, you know, it may have weaker shields. It's very hard at this current point to be able to comment on that, but you can guarantee once that ranking problem solved, well, Colin will find out, and I'll let you know what it's like <laughs> still being the rank one. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, like if I remember, thing. though, isn't the first... The first rank, you basically got a semi-gimbaled weapon. Yeah, basically. And in the, the second rank, you got the same weapon, but it's a gimbaled one, wasn't it? From no, looking at it's ground not. stream. What was the second ranking ship then? The second rank is rank four. You get a combo with burst lasers instead of lasers. Right, right. I thought there was one that gave you uh, gimbals as well. That would be level twelve. No one's got there yet. Who, who's swimming in the fish tank? That would be me. Very sorry about that. <laughs> We've got a question that is, can you fly with flight assist off in CQC? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. <laughs> Does no. it help at all? <laughs> would it, I it recommend it? What, no. No. <laughs> Definitely. It begins at a new definition of the word fly, really. <laughs> Splat. Okay, what about, um, what about the release date for this? This was announced, um, well, it was confirmed uh, today with the, the other announcements that came out. Well, it's September, isn't it? I mean, um, they've a, a Frontier has said that CQC is coming for certain in December. So I'm assuming that they're going to keep the um, uh, the PC and the Xbox versions compatible for that. Uh, and I must admit, I'm, I am looking forward to that on the PC. Uh, the Xbox is certainly... I'm finding the controller, although I'm used to the controller, I, I want to have a joystick and, and throttle back on this one. Yeah, it just gives it gives you that sense of being in the cockpit again. And one thing I wanted to say was I was streaming it last night while I was streaming the download for about an hour and a half. That was <laughs> that was painful. But <laughs> watching the graphics, because I've got a television next to my screen here so that I could watch what I was doing in the game. And the graphics coming over the Twitch stream were fine. You know, they were fine. But I have to say... It is stunning on a television. It's it's got a little bit more gamma. It's just got a kind of more. It's more bright. It's crisper. It, it's just stunning. Whereas it was a little bit flat looking on my monitor, which is unusual from you know this. But I think that's to do with the capture card. But oh my goodness, it was stunning. Yeah, there is a bit of a difference when you're actually playing something on a forty-two inch screen instead of a, tw- uh, a twenty-four. <laughs> Okay, just a quick question from the chat room, guys, from uh, okay. Commander Babster. Uh, are there any in-flight pickups? Yes. What sort uh, of pickups can you get? Well, let's see. There was uh, there was shields. I saw you get a, a missile. Did you get a missile, Grant? I did, but I didn't get time to fire it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got... Uh, I don't know when there's a stealth one. 
and uh, and there's a shield one. Yeah, the stealth uh, one didn't do me any good either. It's like, hey, you can't see me, but you still managed to blow me up, you buggers. Um, <laughs> stealth, shield boost, speed boost, weapons boost. Um, oh, the speed boost again, that was something that wasn't very helpful. I hadn't quite got used to the flying yet, so that took me straight into a structure. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing that is useful is the fact that you lose lock on other other players because before you could just keep in in the main game you can keep lock on on the mass, on a ship no matter where they are but in this one if a, if a if a ship does fly behind uh, an asteroid and you lose lock on them that's it you lose track of where they are they've got to kind of predict where the other commander's going to come out so if this commander is quite clever they can actually be quite sneaky they could drop into stealth or they could go through one of the tunnels and and you could think, right, they're going to come out here and before you know it, they've gone through a tunnel, come around on your six and blown you apart. Well, it's one thing I did notice in that is because cause that, that, that was something that was quite fun was that they would go behind a structure and you would like, oh, damn you. But what I found was if you kind of did predict correctly, Locke would re-engage when they came back into your HUD, because one of the Mm. things that was tricky is when you were tracking that one particular target, it disappears, you lose Locke, and then you never find the bugger again. So it's quite quite good that it remembers that you're locked onto that target, so that the next point that it crosses your HUD, boom, it's locked back on again, and then you can continue. You have to you have to target. If you don't target, you're firing fixed weapons straight ahead, and to hit with those, oh god, that was impossible. Yeah, but what I was winning there is that, is that the lock resumes once that target returns to your HUD. Mm, so yeah. you don't have to re-lock onto that target. So if you're hunting that particular guy down, uh, say you were a griefer and you just wanted to take <laughs> out the one guy constantly, you just have to lock onto them once. Then when you lose lock, unless there's a period of time, because I couldn't find that, uh, there was one target that disappeared and I never found them again. I think someone else blew him up. But as long as that ship's still alive, I found that when they then came back in front of my ship, the lock re-engaged and I knew that that was the target that I'd been chasing. Ah, we're all griefers now. <laughs> <laughs> all twitchers. But it's, yes. oh, it's it's fast, it's fun, it's furious, and it's frustrating. And <laughs> unfortunately tonight, the Xbox version of Elite Dangerous has been nothing but frustration. Butterfly. It has been buggier than a buggy thing. It's been the worst beta experience I have seen. It just constantly kicks you off the server you go back in, you start doing stuff again, a couple of minutes later it kicks you off again the CQC just isn't matchmaking tonight so there's definitely an awful lot of work that needs to be done in the Xbox version, but see when it does work uh, yeah, awesome awesome, awesome. <laughs> Okay, guys, just a quick one, just to pick up on that. Uh, you talked about you know sending it out to Twitch and stuff. Is there a, um, a spectator mode, or is there any sort of uh, feasibility on saying to both teams, you know, we're going to designate one guy from each team to be our sort of our camera guy to capture some videos of uh, of what's going on with uh, CQC? No, no, there's no, there's no there's no way to actually uh, set that up at the moment. I mean, we do know that they were thinking about putting a kind of spectator mode in or, or things like that. A referee but, mode? Uh, referee mode, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do get a little bit of a spectator after, of course, you've been you've been um, blown shot. up. Yeah. Yes, you get the uh, a, a nice three-second view of the person who shot you as they continue <laughs> flying around and, as they and stop making to have you a feel laugh. crap. 
dumping is the equivalent of a teabagging. I think dumping bio waste in your face. Um, <laughs> I do, now, Colin, how do you stream yours? Do you stream it through the Xbox? No, I stream it through Twitch on the Xbox. Like through Twitch, but you use the Xbox. Yeah. You don't. I use a capture card on the PC. Yeah. So it's just there's different ways whether or not there's one that gives a more accurate graphical output because I was quite stunned by the difference between the television sitting next to my monitor and what I was getting on the monitor. Yeah, and I must admit, I did watch my stream back, even though, I mean, I wasn't even sure if anybody could hear what I was complaining about. <laughs> but um, I, did, I did see that it come through, and I don't know, the picture quality seemed you know, typical Twitch-ish. I didn't... I didn't see anything uh, bad with it. It was more than... I mean, when you see... And I can see that um, Chris Jarvis has got a question. When you watch the film Blade Runner and the ships come through and you've got that wonderful hue and the glow from the engines and on the television you seem to get this beautiful kind of uh, almost glow from the ship and around the ship the colours were almost liquid and on the screen that kind of effect was flat so I don't know whether or not it's the difference between a television doing high definition it just seemed so crisp and beautiful and sexy on the television screen in comparison to what went out in the stream and what went over the stream was as much the same as PC as the PC player graphics you know the PC game graphics so I'm just wondering if it's the difference between a television and my monitor it could be Jarvis Jarvis you want to ask something no, it's just an observation, really, about the, the, the spectator, potential spectator mode. I mean, if they've created these structures and environments specifically for CQC matches, it wouldn't be much of a stretch to think about where would be good camera placement. If you yeah. were to turn this into an eSport, whereabouts on these structures would you put fixed cameras so that you can spectate the game effectively? And then if you joined as a spectator, you could kind of switch between the cameras to watch what's going on rather than it being just a kind of random, you know, sort of bodiless fly-through. Um, I mean, one thing that I, I do think would be an idea is just for uh, people to have their own kind of follow cam, where they're following particular players on, and they can switch between them. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's but just a whole from an esports of point of view, like From an esports point of view, though, that's not very good for spectators. It doesn't... Not, I mean, not you. You know, I'm not talking about players going in and spectating the game on their own. That sort of thing's fine. But if you're wanting to gain the attention of something like an esport, um, the kind of the whole follow cam or just free cam thing doesn't look good, and it doesn't look like professional TV sports. Mm. You want something which looks like it's a real arena that cameras are set up in and you can kind of follow the action that way I mean you know they do have like in helmet cams and stuff for the Formula 1 but generally speaking that's not how you watch watch the sport Ok have we got anything else to, uh, to touch on with the CQC and quite constant about the fact that we need to get Colin to bed in the not too distant <laughs> future so is there anything you guys haven't touched on that you want to cover before we uh, move on to somebody else no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fine with CQC. I think it's going to be excellent when we all get hold of it on the PC. Uh, and for uh, an Xbox introduction to Elite, I think it's exactly what it needed. I just wish they'd sort the bugs out. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, as we know, it's, it's just a preview version. I'm sure those will be will be sorted. And certainly one of the things that uh, Michael Brooks mentioned in 
his dev update is that Xbox One players, they're currently in the submission process for the next uh, GPP. Remember what GPP stands for? Oh, God. Genuine people personality. It's a game of preview program or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, for the record, Colin is not expressing PC master race elitism. There, it's just oh that he God, happens to prefer use. It's just that he happens to prefer using a joystick rather than the controller. Yes. Although I must admit, I'm having been forced to use the controller for a while. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's 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 one of the things that as a as a the PC version, and you're playing that to death. It's one of those things that actually adds an element of challenge to the Xbox version that actually makes it more appealing to jump onto, to try and beat that and to try and get the better at the ship. Because once you've got it, and I found that you play it for a couple of hours and you're actually quite proficient, and then you go away and, you know, I've not played it for a week and a bit, and then I come back to it and I'm back to being crap. Um, <laughs> But, you know, within the matter of an hour, an hour and a half, you, you start to feel that, actually, this setup makes sense. It feels right. And although combat, adjusting your thrust and using your guns and the controls and trying to change fire groups is tricky. It's not impossible. It's not like these games, the, the WWF, where you've got to, you know, use your tongue to push one button down as you're using every other finger uh, to hold buttons in and wiggling a stick to try and do some kind of weird body power-up slam. It's it's much more sensible than that. It makes sense. I will say, I will say one thing. Getting used to that controller, I found no more difficult than actually getting used to my custom layout on my X55. It just takes time to get used to where everything is. And then once, you, once you're used to it, if, as long well, that was another thing, they, they lost the bindings, so I had to restart it every single time. But, you know, it, it, once you got used to it, it's fine. You just have to hope that the bindings don't go. <laughs> okay, so when they said that they were uh, putting into the submission process, obviously that's going to include the CQC, but they also said that uh, it's going to fix a host of um, problems within the game, various stability and performance issues. Has that happened? Um, actually, in the bug reporting program, uh, we've seen a few more extra ones being highlighted. Um, apart from that, uh, I played the main game while waiting for the, the CQC to drop. And it, it, it's, it seemed okay. It didn't seem to be um, anything wrong with it as far as I'm concerned. The Super Cruise did work a little bit smoother, I thought. But uh, apart from that, um, nothing bad to report. Although people still are complaining about the fact that when you have a lot of commanders all around the starting system, that does cause problems. Okay, Ben, final point. Sorry, Colin, did you say you were able to fly and play the main game? Whilst waiting for a CQC match to pop? No, you, I was uh, oh, waiting for the download. Uh, it okay. was about 80%. It said game is ready to play. So you're able to get into the main game, but you weren't able to get into CQC. Okay, because that would be awesome, actually, if you could... You know, you're flying around playing the main game, and then you're waiting for an arena to come up. And you can just launch it, and then... You know, you're doing your thing in game, and you're waiting for an arena to come up. You got like a little thing saying, "I'm I'm getting a group together. I'm getting a group together," and then suddenly it's like, "Okay, I got the group together. Here you go, guys." And then you get the option to jump in. That would that would totally rock, in my opinion. <laughs> Something to uh, add to the suggestions list, then. Mm. 
Okay, well, what we're going to do, uh, Colin, I think we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for staying up so late, considering that you're flying first thing tomorrow morning, um, and being with us for the CQC thing. That's been really valuable insight. Uh, I can't wait till it comes to PC. I think it's going to be a fantastic addition to the game universe. Um, and if it resembles anything like the, the fun we used to have with the alpha free-for-alls, uh, I think it's going to be absolutely great. So enjoy your holiday, mate, and we'll catch you on the other side. Yeah, and when I get back, Mr. Stroud's in trouble. It's going to be back on again. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Okay, mate, you take care. And uh, we're going to go to an advert break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about game fiction and some dev news. Cheers. Is your life like this? It could be like this. Such a shame It makes other stations sound very lame That's Lave Radio Ooh, swing your pants No, no, Simon, we're not them We're pink custard We cut the mustard We're never flustered We can't be trusted Lave Radio, this song's for you For the Orange Sidewinder crew Elite Dangerous is what you do and then you talk a lot about it too. Lave Radio, ready to play Dio. Search for their website and off you go. Lave Radio, nothing to pay Dio. Sci-fi gamer, DJ fans, this is your show. Oh, it's a niche audience then. This is Radio Online called Lave. With DJs Chris, is Alan, John, but not Dave. Forever surfing internet airwaves That's Lave Radio It's a podcast that's based on a game Not 
to listen would be such a shame It makes other stations sound very lame That's Slave Radio again and I think this might be uh, a prime opportunity Ben to to talk about the little giveaway that we have planned where you our wonderful listeners have the opportunity to win a copy of that song on CD actually really on CD now we've got a few to give away we were going to give them surely if it's from the 80s we should be giving them out on tape ah well I suppose I could get some masking tape and write the lyrics on it <laughs> so what we were hoping to do is to give some away tonight. We've got a couple of copies, as I say. What we wanted to do was include people that were listening on the podcast later um, so that we can do it. And everyone in chat and everyone listening live tonight can take part in this as well. And it is as simple as you can either go onto Twitter and you can tweet at Lave Radio with the hashtag... And I'm hunting for it, hunting for it. Oh, I think the hashtag was Lave Radio Listen to Dadio. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I think that's what we picked, wasn't it, Ben? I think it was. I'm just writing it in, in chat just now. Yeah, so if you can tweet that. Listen to Dadio. <laughs> I've been. I, it's a bloody long hashtag. I've been kind of dropping it in surreptitiously whenever I can in live chats. Well, yeah, I'm and, and evil like that. If you've not got the Twitterification in your <laughs> life, if you are not part of that wonderful community, what is what called Twitter, then you can also t- join us by using your emailian systems, um, whether or not you have an online emailian or an offline emailian, that doesn't matter. If you email info at laveradio.com, again with the subject matter, hashtag laveradio, listen to Dadio, we will. Put you into no spaces draw. in there. No spaces. Well, you know what? To be honest, if you email us at all, even if you're emailing us about the fact that you hated the night show and you hated that song, you're going in the raffle. Just, just so you know, everyone, <laughs> nobody's escaping. Everyone's got a fair chance. But yes, if you email us at infoatlaveradio.com, we'll put you in a draw, and we will send you a wonderful beautiful pressed CD version of Pink Custard's Lave Radio song. So how are you spelling Daydio? Um, two Daydio. Two day D-I-O. Simple as that. Let's have a look and see if anyone in chat is actually uh, anyone excited. No. I was going to say, what if nobody tweets it? Will, will you take offence at that? Me? No. I'll just keep them all to myself and play them on loop as I have been for the last week and a half. We'll be giving them out as, as prizes uh, next year's uh, LaveCon. <laughs> yes, that's all, that's all the raffle prize is going to be. Is it's not going to be a, a One Direction mug this time. <laughs> it's going to be a pink custard CD. Hey! Oh dear! No. Commander Baptista wants to know if you're going to sign it, Grant. I shall sign it with my finest brown crayon. <laughs> oh. Let's move on, shall we, guys? 
next bit of dev news. This one comes in from Michael Brooks. John, have you got it up in front of you? I don't, unfortunately, no. Okay. Uh, my PC rebooted and all my windows have been closed. <laughs> Not a problem. Okay, let's just... Because uh, I've just had to reboot my PC as well. Very unprofessional. Right, off we go. So... The dev update from Michael Brooks mainly went on to talk about missions and the mission updates that we're going to get in uh, 1.4. So they're adding legal salvage missions, so you don't need to be a smuggler to retrieve salvage, although smuggling will still be more profitable in these types of missions. Uh, Delivery missions, we've actually got courier and smugglers will gain long-range variants that can set destinations from tens to hundreds of light years away for long-haul missions. Do people really want to do that? I mean, Hutton Orbital is bad enough. Do we really want to have to go hundreds of light years across the galaxy in order to do a drop off some scrap metal here? What about if you got a million credits for it, though? Okay, yeah, fair enough. Would that would that make it worth a while? Maybe it's not exactly. It's not exactly the most fun that you could have in Elite Dangerous, but okay, I'm sure there might be some long distance Claras out there that want to do that and gain a million credits so fair enough Um, there's a new variant on the Massacre mission which will have higher numbers and greater time for more sustained strike against the mission target now I haven't done this so has any guys in the team done this particular mission and can explain what it's all about it's the the missions where it's go and kill 10 pirates so instead of killing 10 pirates I guess it's go and kill 30 pirates or 100 or whatever Okay. Grind, grind. <laughs> Come on, Jarvis. You're normally quite good about emerging gameplay and a you know, decent amount of fiction and you know interesting mission types and storylines within the game. What are you feeling about these um, updates to missions so far? Um, I do. I think it's a bit of a mix. I do, I do have concerns over the. You know, I'm kind of joking about grind, but I do have concerns over the sort of increase of the target numbers because it does it does feel a bit like go and bring me 25 bear pelts kind of thing um but on the other hand you know the longer time scale is hugely welcoming one of the things one of the challenges at the moment the things that most often stops me playing elite dangerous um is that feeling that i i don't have time to commit to it because if I've got half an hour to play a game at the moment, getting involved in Elite Dangerous kind of isn't really a very good option. Whereas actually, if I could sort of feel that I could take on missions and then it doesn't matter if I have to kind of stop and go away for like a day, then I don't know, maybe that's an improvement. Okay, fair enough. Well, I think it's one of these ones where we're just going to have to watch this space. Michael Brooks also says, we've heard some players wanting a bit more challenge in their scenarios, so there's an even more hazardous extraction site added to the game um, to provide a bit more of a dangerous environment. And in dangerous systems, the scenarios around the nav beacons can also be a high-threat version if it has been compromised. Um, Who was stupid enough to say make the game harder? Just out of interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, I mean, it's I'm flying no, around. Just... Sorry, I was going to say I'm flying around now in my uh, my anaconda. So I'm I'm thinking I'm pretty invincible. Yet I did one of the um, uh, the conflict zones, one of the uh, you know the higher sort of dangerous uh, conflict zones. And even in that, someone took my anaconda down to twenty four percent with a sustained barrage. So I'm not I'm not loving the idea of this game getting any harder. If I'm honest. Yeah, I, th- I think what I'd like to see is, I mean, I appreciate that there's sort of tweaking to be done. Um, 
and and you know a lot of that is quite welcome but i mean sorry because you were asking me about in terms of fiction and stuff with the missions i think what i'd really like to see is more multi-part missions i'd like to feel that you're kind of going off on an adventure and in order to complete the mission you have to do lots of different things um so there's a sort of there was a step in the right direction with the some of the assassination stuff where you had to go to somewhere and then find out where this person was and i sort of feel like i'd like more missions that rather than feeling like going from a to b and then b to a again you're kind of going from a to b to c to d to e to f and then you you finally get to the end of this this kind of great mission and i'm sure that at some point uh, you know over the course of development of the game there was talk about multi-part missions and it seems to have you know dropped down the priority list yeah definitely and you know we don't know that uh, there could be one of the tweaks that comes in with 1.4 uh that we do get something a little bit more in terms of the multi-part missions but yeah certainly nobody's made any um many noises on it in terms of the dev updates and stuff so again it's just going to be one of those unfortunate things we have to just watch this space and if it's not in there then we'll just have to keep on banging the drum and keep on asking for it until they put it in the game Excellent. Okay, well, let's go straight into uh, Meet the Dev then. And that this week, it's actually, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it Dave Stott or Dav Stott? What do you reckon? It's Dav. It is Dav, Dav. is it? Bye, it's Dav. We'll go with Dav. If it's Dave, he should have an E on it. He is the senior server developer. And I have to say, he's one of the... uh, He's one of the funniest guys, at least coming across in these interviews. He's one of the funniest interviews I've actually read in uh, in a long time, uh, which surprised me because I don't know why, but I thought being a, a server dev would make you quite, I don't know, a little, a little bit more of an anorak, should we say, than than most of the devs out there. Excuse me a second. I'm a server dev. Crash is a server dev. All oh, right, he's got a point. Well, you're right, Fozzie. <laughs> Uh, the prosecution rests <laughs> um, so, but yeah but it, it was actually a very entertaining interview I'm not going to read it all out but I'm just going to pick some uh, some salient points out for you but talking about his average sort of day uh, starting at 8.30 and stuff like that making sure that they sort of catch up on bugs and support tickets lunch however sometimes takes a back seat if there's a particular fix that they're keen to get into players hands such as if a lot of people are getting stuck or not getting online otherwise we often break out a game or two in the game room such as nidhog tournament is that how you spell it nidhog that's one of your games isn't it john but just well yeah i play it yeah nidhog nidhog it's a, it's a very interesting game it's basically um a fencing game it's like a one-on-one very competitive game um, that's all it is i mean there is, you can play against ai but it is all about you know kind of creating this hardcore pvp and yeah it's, it's a great party game because you get some great comebacks and some great uh, funny moments so if you can get it on steam cheap i recommend it Okay, so that's Nidhogg. Awesome alien stomping in XCOM. Uh, it says Artemis has started cropping up in conversations as well after this year's LaveCon. Uh, and then we've even been known to pop into the live Elite Dangerous Galaxy as our own commander names. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's how, uh, that's how I'd love to spend my lunchtime break. I mean, you guys are devs. Do you guys have game rooms that you can go and play XCOM in? Do we echoes like? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Okay, so this isn't a standard thing across the industry then. When I worked for one company, we did have table football and things like that. 
<laughs> it's not the same, is it? <laughs> I, I, I actually really enjoyed having table football. That was good fun. Uh, and we used to actually have like meetings around the table football table. So there's like you know four, te- a team of four of us, and we just take you know take a couple of guys each, and then we just have a tab- team of four of us having a meeting around the table football table while playing a game. It was good fun. Cool. Okay. I think one of the other interesting things that came out of this interview is that you know, what was the biggest challenge that you came up with against during the development of Elite Dangerous? And he said, you'd think that nothing would hold any fear after implementing the background simulation, but it turned out to be quite tricky to keep track of whether players were online or not, as their presence moved around the various Galaxy servers. It might seem trivial, but it's actually a really important piece of information that supports many features from friends lists to voice communications. I quite like the idea that you can almost get lost inside the Matrix and the big sort of overlords at Frontier can't seem to find you in-game. I quite like that. That kind of brings you into a very alternative version of Tron, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Where where did he go? Where's that user? Oh, no no idea. He was here a minute ago. (laughs) This big massive queue of processes standing there. Well, I'm I'm the NPC he's meant to be fighting in a couple of minutes. (laughs) No, no, like, we found him. He's still on his way to Hutton. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Turns out that he is another dev that would quite like to be a part of the Alliance, which is... uh, yeah, the Alliance is getting... It's funny, there's a lot of love for the Alliance in the uh, the dev team, but not actually a lot of love for the Alliance in terms of the game content. A bunch hopefully. of sitters. Well, hopefully that'll change in, uh, in a few seasons to come. Fun fact about himself, he spent a week at a distillery on Isla learning to make single malt whiskey. Oh, and the big red button really does launch the game service. Yeah, still not sure I believe that. Uh, but the spending a week at a distillery uh, making a single malt whiskey sounds like a fantastic way to spend a week's holiday well, especially yes. if you have to drink it all after. Oh, you wouldn't make a very good whiskey after just a week. Well, that's true. But you could learn to you make go a very back, good whiskey. Yeah. You can go back 15 years later and pick up yeah. your vats full. Here, here's <laughs> one I made earlier. 15 years earlier. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his question to the community would be, uh, if you wanted just one more piece of information to be displayed in the game from any of the simulations, what would it be and why? And this actually got quite a good response from the community. But there was one that seemed to come to the top, and that was um, what systems you've already travelled through. Uh, something to show on the galactic map. Uh, what systems you've already explored. Uh, another one was uh, the uh, the um, the crime level or the, or the heat map for the galaxy to show you what, uh, which areas are dangerous and which areas aren't. Ooh, that's a good show, that one. That'd be really interesting to look at, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, and another one people were asking for was uh, some sort of counter to show you how many players are online at any one time uh, and break it down further and say how many players are in solo, how many people are in private groups and how many people are in open, just to see the breakdown of that. I thought that would be a quite an interesting little stat uh, as you log into the game. I don't think they'll ever let us see it. Really? It sounds like a griefing moaning tool. Work, there's only five <laughs> people playing yeah. in solo. Yeah, don't tell us. don't think they'll ever let us see that one. <laughs> no, possibly not. Um, the other thing that came out of the interview is the fact that uh, Dav has also built himself a custom controller. And after much um, requesting on the uh, the thread, uh, he did post a picture of it. Now, Ben, I think you squeed a little bit when you saw this picture. Am I right? I squeed a wee bit. Yeah, it looks awesome. I think he's done a great job there, especially it's, if he's, he's done it all himself. It's like a... Uh, it's like the love child of a hot ass warthog and a Pac Man 
machine. <laughs> it just looks amazing. Are those lights coming at the tops of those switches? If, if yes, so, yes. that's amazing. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's basically built himself like a console, like a dashboard, some of which are, is quite arcadey in terms of the buttons, the sort of thing yeah. you'd imagine in an 80s uh, arcade cabinet. Um, he's got but flip some, switches and everything as well. He has got some flip switches, so flip switches and stuff for landing gear and stuff like that, or flip switches for missiles and opening the the pod bay doors and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, he's got a nudge button for boost. He's got a nudge button for boost. He's got a big red button there for probably launch missiles. Either way, um, it seems to have been a bit of a labour of love, and it does look uh, it does look awesome. Uh, and it would be an interesting thing to start thinking about adding to the games in terms of what sort of uh, external peripherals. Obviously, we've all most of us gone out and invested in uh, into a decent joystick setup, but who would be prepared to spend a little bit more maybe on some additional peripherals that would you know, help with the immersion? I can see quite a few people wanting to build their own sort of cockpits on their desks to help them play Elite Dangerous a little bit better or a little bit faster or just to increase the immersion levels a little bit more. I think, uh, you know, you know, Flight uh, Simulator has had so much love with the peripherals and the additional displays that you can buy, like the one that shows the horizon uh, and, and kind of, you, got, you know, digital displays that you can make map the sort of actual cockpit of your aircraft. And... It's been a, one of those things that people have been calling out for a long while is that that would be awesome to have if you could buy panels for your sidewinder. Although all you really need to do is get an old BBC, stick it on your left-hand side, a box of tissues on your right, and <laughs> then you've got a sidewinder. But, you know, it'd be nice to have those kind of displays external to your screen, you know? Just just, just have your, your right display and your right... Oh, it would just be immersive. <laughs> Yeah, completely agree. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, Newsletter 85. We're not picking much out of Newsletter 85. Obviously, a lot of it was focusing in on uh, the Gamescom event. Uh, But what we will pick up briefly is the peak of the week, which showed us the federal... Oh, which one is it? Someone help me out here. The battleship. Gunship. Gunship, that's it. The federal gunship. Different to the dropship. And I say it's different to uh, to the dropship. The peak of the week sort of suggests it's not really that much different to the dropship maybe a little bit fatter maybe a bit more of a chunkier body uh, but the styling is very very similar to the uh, the, to the dropship do you agree well yeah i mean it's to be expected in some respects because it's from the same manufacturer and it's got a very similar purpose so you'd expect them to kind of have similar features um i i think what people are really going to care about um there seems to be a lot of hate for um uh, the dropship. So I think a lot of people are hoping it's not just going to be, uh, you know, a similar thing to that. That it's going to have a bit more utility. Okay. And what would give it a little bit more utility? I obviously haven't flown the dropship, but what are people asking for? Well, I haven't either because I'm a hardcore imperial. I haven't even bothered getting enough rank to try it out, so I can't actually comment on it. Um, but I haven't heard anybody say anything good about it, which is quite unfortunate because most ships seem to have some kind of rede- redeeming quality. Um, but uh, somebody, maybe somebody could email us and tell us why they love the dropship. You can make a feature out of it. <laughs> okay, well, that's pretty much going to do it for the uh, the dev news for this particular week. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to actually have a news broadcast and then come back for a little bit of a debate.
Emperor Hengs Duval dead. It is with a heavy heart that we report that Emperor Hengs Duval died en route to the Imperial Navy Medical Facility near the Imperial Palace. Confirmation of the news came from Chancellor Anders Blaine, who appeared visibly upset. He confirmed that the Emperor died after being stabbed by a member of the congregation. Chancellor Blaine refused to provide any details of the attacker, but stated that a full investigation was underway. A source from the Imperial Intelligence Service told us that the attacker was a member of Senator Denton Patriots' party attending the wedding. The senator was unavailable for comment. In the streets, the Imperial Naval Infantry has started ushering people home as the official period of mourning begins. celebrate his news of the Senator's death reaches Federation space. Good evening, I'm Teddy Ride. Hello, Rundyberger. Joyful celebrations across all of the federal systems as it's confirmed that Hanks Duval was assassinated during his own wedding ceremony. The stabbing came during part of the ceremony when the priest asked if anyone had any reason why these two people should not be joining holy matrimony. And an orderly queue was then formed. The question, obviously too hard for most people, but one high-ranking official was heard saying, I'll take a stab at that. The high-ranking official at the rear of the line then took the holy matrimony to a more literal realisation as he attempted to make a number of holes in the emperor before starting a chant, I'm fast, you're dead, there's a knife stuck in your head. He was shot dead, decapitated and electrocuted by the emperor's bodyguards. Guests of the ceremony then took turns urinating on the Emperor's assassin. One member of the Senate, believed to be from the prism system, even tried to catapult him. The Emperor has long been a fashion setter for the Imperial, and several high-ranking Imperial families are now sporting the now in-fashion stab holes through various body parts, accessorised by silver-plated knives. The Senator was rushed away for emergency treatment, but unfortunately he died before they could attempt to make him less of an arsehole. The funeral will probably be a massively boring affair, but FDTV will be running a special edition of It's a Knockout, where teams wearing huge inflatable Imperial Senator outfits will attempt to reenact the successful assassination. Now we have breaking news. Aisling Duval has flashed her naked report as she attempts to get into a vehicle. We can now confirm the rug matches the curtains. And that's all for now. We now return you to your previously scheduled program with Squeak Old Bad. I'm Randy Berger. And I'm Teddy Ride. Good night. Good night. Good night. Okay, so what do we think? It that seems was the to bizarre me. thing I've ever heard. <laughs>
<laughs> it seems to me as quite a quite an odd time to release the news. Obviously, everybody's got their yeah their eyes pressed and their ears out for uh, information from Gamescom, and they slip this massive piece of fiction news out on the same day. It just seems a little bit odd. It's almost like um, in the West Wing, they have a, a story about the taking out the trash day. Where you basically leak this massive piece of news on a on a day where you know it's not going to be the the main story. Anybody else think it's a bizarre time to make such a big sort of change to the um, to the galaxy? It definitely is. I mean, obviously, I want I really kind of like the idea of having this slanted versions in different space that was taken by the Federation, who would be quite positive about the death of Hengst. But also, John, obviously, you know, I appreciate with respect, uh, and I'm sorry for your loss. However, that said, yeah. It was kind of like the page four, you know, not even page two or the headline news. It was just kind of stuck there at the bottom edge of Galnet. And people were saying to me, no, he's not. Where does it say that? I thought Elite would have told us. And you're like going, it's actually in Galnet, but you have to scroll right down to the bottom. And there it is. Sure enough, he was getting married, and at the ceremony he was attacked. And then he was rushed to the hospital, where unfortunately he died before he could get there. And what an amazingly huge storyline to just be thrown to the side. So I can only imagine that it, it just... Could they not have held it back a week and then done a massive newsletter about it? Well, that's it. This is a chance for them to really sort of do something with Galnet. There's obviously been a lot of criticism over Galnet. In fact, it's just a wall of text and nobody bothers reading it. This is something that would actually have given, you know, would have gained traction amongst the community and, and pulled the community towards Galnet. And people would be saying, you know, did, have you read the thing on Galnet about, you know, the Emperor Hengst? Have you, you know, have you read it? And people would actually go to Galnet and, and read the news for once. Um, but they haven't. They've released it on the same day that they've told us all about planetary landings. So it's like, planetary landings, woo! Oh, the Emperor's dead. You know, it just seems like a complete sort of mismatch of news. Um, Jarvis, Sorry. you talk about fiction a lot, sometimes. What's your thoughts? Would you have done it this way? Yeah, I mean, my I suppose my initial thinking is that they've been probably planning this plot for a while in terms of the way the uh, information's been revealed. And maybe when they first set it up, I don't know, maybe they just didn't think this would be when it kind of comes out. I don't know, it's difficult, because on the one hand, it's really interesting. On the other hand, I still find Galnet a bit of a sort of... It seems like a bit of a sideshow. I still don't... Maybe because I'm not flying in the parts of space where the Galnet stuff is actually happening, it sort of feels somehow like a different game going on elsewhere that I'm not necessarily part of. Do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's interesting, but it is you know it's uh, it's kind of we've known it's been coming. I mean, the fact that it happened this way is obviously you know fascinating, but the whole kind of yeah, the whole um, murdered at his wedding thing perhaps isn't what we're all expecting. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, you know, it's kind of. Uh, and people have sort of made the whole Game of Thrones references thing about it, but it is sort of you know people are accustomed to these big sort of gothic revenge murder kind of stories now and it's uh you know it goes down well people love it uh, okay well has anybody actually been following the fiction well enough to give us a yeah you know, what this means to the universe now i had a look trying to catch up to provide some sort of commentary as to whether or not it's you know patriots and, and do we care about that and yeah you know, what's the ramifications and I, I came up blank. 
uh, if I'm honest. I couldn't find enough background story or spend enough time reading the background story to actually know what the ramifications of this are likely to be. Uh, not really playing much power play. I don't really know what's going to happen. So, John, you're sighing. Do you know what's going on? Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot. I don't know why Grant gave me his condolences because ultimately I'm a Petraeus backer. So um, I'm actually quite happy this has happened. Um, well, yeah, it, but, it, yeah, it's, it's got to be a sad day for all Imperials. Your, your Emperor has, has carked it. You're all meant to be in <laughs> grieving by order of the management. I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, all the Imperial stations should be closed. You know? Can <laughs> we at least tie a black rib- ribbon around them? And I think that's where it's, I think that's probably what you mean, Foz. That's the shame. That's the bit that's not. That's where Galnet's not tying into the game enough for your everyday player. If I logged in this morning and played, I had nothing to kind of make me aware yeah. of such a, a, a huge change. And in fact, it should mean this is the time to strike the Imperials as a federation power or an, an alliance or an, an independent power. This should be the time where it should have an effect on the Imperial systems. And call that bloodthirsty and uncaring, but I mean, that's a fact. It should have an effect in-game. So there should be a shift towards fighting and you know, some wars breaking out in Imperial systems as these powers are now... It's open season. It is. It's open season. And that's kind of exciting from the news point of view if you think and put two and two together. What we need is the game to do the rest. We need it to create open season. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about even just, you know, not I mean, even amongst the Imperial powers themselves, but, you know, there's lots of sort of border skirmishes with the Federation and stuff. If you were a Federation, you were having, having a border skirmish um, and the Emperor died, you would just push with all your might to try and take advantage of that situation. And it would release a whole new content of, um, of gameplay within the sort of the backstory of the universe. Um, and, I mean, unless something happens over the next couple of weeks or they're going to drag this out for a month or something like that, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case which is a massive shame uh, we've got a couple of questions actually that uh, I've just noticed one from uh, Ian Honcharenko who's saying uh, what's our reactions to the death of the set of the of the emperor and and our reaction to who or who what who or what is behind it and another question from um, Stuart Barb who is commander daddy Barry uh, who says does anybody out there pay much attention to Galnet news does it add much does it affect the game how could it be better used well I mean I think we're answering both of those questions as we're talking through this but I mean how could Galnet be better used I think Ben and I talked about this on the last show in terms of Galnet was supposed to be introduced as a cockpit view and you can now access uh, Galnet when you're when you're flying, but it opens up as a full page spread that takes you completely out of the cockpit, which seems yeah, it just seems like they've missed the trick. If this news flashed up in you know one of your displays or a little a little panel came down like it does in Abracadrabble, yeah, and just said you know breaking news: the Emperor's dead. How much more impactful would that have been today for those people that are playing in the galaxy than having to dig three pages down on Galnet to try and find out about it? So what? While you're flying along in your info panel, you get like a little news wire coming up saying breaking news: Emperor's dead. Read about it on Galnet or something. Uh, possibly that, or even just a little uh, symbol, you know, a little, a little noise within the, oh, um, the ship. Or, it gives, or your email yeah. thing yeah. or something. 
and just says, you know, breaking news. But ideally, I'd actually quite like a little a little panel to drop down that you could read, you know, just snippets of news. You know how you get in um, some of the RSS feeds where it will give you the, yeah. the, you know, the first four lines of a news story and then you can click into it to open it? Something like that. Ideally, so we'd have something where we could actually read it in the cockpit itself. Because if you're thinking about travelling to Hutton Orbital, how much of Galnet could you go through on the trip to Hutton Orbital <laughs> if you could actually fly your ship and read the news at the same time? You know, you cover you it all. You'd go for an episode of Game of Thrones. Absolutely. You'd be, you'd be the, you know, the, you would be the aficionado. You would be the go-to person for all Elite Dangerous canon because you'd have so much time to read it all. Well, um, Hudson Journey is one hour and 20 minutes to one hour and a half, depending on if you have to make many course corrections. But I think you're you're right. If you could set a preference filter for uh, a news ticker or a news alert in your game, so you could say, I was interested in global news, I'm interested in Federation news, I'm interested in local news, I'm interested in power play news, and select the powers that you want. And whenever a news story relating to that particular thing is there, you would get an audible alert in cockpit or when you logged in it would tell you that there's been news just to make you aware that there's stuff going on because it's so easy just to get stuck into what you want to do and playing the game and as immersive as it is it's really immersive you are a pilot in your ship and you are trading and the Mm. problem is Galnet's got to break that immersion for a minute to make you realise you're not just a single individual in a, an empty universe. And so you, it's not like it's destroying the immersion of the game, but it, it, you need something to remind you that this stuff's going on. And I think you're bang on if it was a wee alert that came up in your screen saying that there's current, like the email icon you've got anyway for communications, if you could set a filter list and it only brought up what you were interested in, then that would definitely get people going to it. And then all they've got to try and do is make the layout a little bit more friendly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, anybody else got anything to add? No, okay, I mean, really. the other thing I was going to quickly pick up on is the fact that, I'm not sure if it was DDF, but when we were talking about these news sources, Galnet was only ever supposed to be like one source of news. You were supposed to have a very highly slanted imperial newspaper you were supposed to have a very highly slanted federal newspaper as well um they've yet to appear in game and given how much of a struggle it seems to be to get them to write galnet stuff do we think they're ever going to have the resources to um to do the same information but you know worded in a slightly different way or given a different slant for the different different publications do, can we see that ever happening or do you think it's just going to be galnet news all the way this is where they've shot themselves in the foot with the authors by not using them enough. You've got this free resource out there. You know, uh, you, you, okay, you heard our tongue-in-cheek kind of BS News version of the Emperor's News. But there are people out there that are, are doing this off their own backs anyway for their own groups, for their own, for the want of a better word, clans. And that's a, a resource that could be tapped into. Obviously, you're going to have to do it, but if you've not got the resources to handle it and create this content, we're doing it. So, use us. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there'd have to be a bit of a, you know, especially when you're talking about BS News, there'd have to be a sort of a quality filter added to all of that stuff that you're submitting. <laughs> um, but yes, absolutely. There's, uh, there's a lot of content out there from the community. Okay, anybody got anything else to add before we wrap up this uh, second part of episode 73? I think I might have to say we've already getting a whole lot of people on Twitter and email wanting, for some bizarre reason, a copy of this song. 
<laughs> well, let's uh, let's wrap up the show, and it can be our outro for this particular episode, <laughs> and only for this particular episode. So don't panic. But yes, let's wrap it up. Um, that's it for another episode of uh, Lay Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozzer 101 to your Skype contacts, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come and hang out and chat. That's laveradio.teamspeak3.com. And finally, just to remind you that Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 p.m. British Standard Time and streamed at laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks for all those commanders who have joined us inside the game, outside Live Station and in the IRC chat channel. Thank you very much to John, to Grant, to Chris and to Ben. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Listen to Daydio. Dangerous podcast. It's the elite. Lave Radio. So much to say, Dio. This side of Diso. We're loving the heat. I hope someone knows what we're talking about. They mean disco. Lave Radio. It's here to say, Dio. Orange Sidewinder. This is your crew. Lave Radio. Hey, 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 Dio. With second technician, Forrester 2. It's come. It's a podcast that's based on a game. Not to listen would be such a shame. It makes other stations sound very lame. That's Lave Radio. Ooh, swing your pants. No, no, Simon, we're not them. We're pink custard. We cut the mustard. We're never flustered. We can't be trusted. Lave Radio, this song's for you. For the Orange Sidewinder crew. Elite Dangerous is what you do. And then you talk a lot about it too. Lave Radio, ready to play Dio. Search for their website and off you go. Lave Radio, nothing to pay Dio. Sci-fi gamer DJ fans, this is your show. Oh, it's a niche audience then. This is Radio Online called Lave. With DJs Chris's Alan John, but not Dave. Forever surfing internet airwaves. That's Lave Radio. It's a podcast that's based on a game. Not to listen would be such a shame. It makes other stations sound very lame. That's Lave Radio Lave Radio Lave Radio Lave Radio Is it, is this, are you sure it's Lave? Yeah, Lave Radio It's not Love Radio Well, I well, know we all love Lave Radio No, but it's not Live Radio Oh, well, it, it, I don't know whether it's Live or... or. Like live, 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 live radio, live, and we love it.